The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Our teens need more support and encouragement than ever before. We need to show them that there are so many accomplishments in their lives that are just waiting to be discovered. This is the Dr. Stem Show with Dr. Stem Malatini. We want teens today to feel valued in their schools, homes, and in the community. The Dr. Stem Show will give the voiceless a voice and the hopeless hope. Now, here is Dr. Stem. Good afternoon and welcome to the Dr. Stem Show. Today's show, Parent to Parent. We have four parents. They're different parents, so nobody's connected to anyone. I have four parents that have raised teenagers themselves who are going to be sharing with us some of the wisdom that they have to share, some of the challenges that they've had to go through. Because you know what? When you're learning something, it's always best to have first experience from people that have gone through the fire, that have gone through the experience, to be able to share that with you. Because I have four guests, what I will do is I'll introduce you and say a little bit about each guest, and then I'll say hello to them. First, I have Paulette Randolph, who is an educator. She lives in Orlando, Florida, and she teaches ninth to 12th grade at an alternative interior school. She holds a master's degree and is currently working on her doctorate degree in educational leadership. She is a mother of four children. Welcome, Paulette Randolph. Thank you. And next to you, I do have Dr. Law Black, Dr. John Law Black. He should be familiar with all of your listeners because we've had Dr. Law Black on the show before and he was talking to us about goal setting. Dr. Law Black is not only a husband, he's also a father of three, an educator, a coach, an author, a motivational speaker, and an entrepreneur. His main focus is on helping people develop a greater sense of self-esteem while growing in self-confidence. Welcome back, Dr. John Law Black. Thanks for having me back. And I think next to you, I do have another gentleman that is also joining us. Um, well, this is a, your first time on the Dr. Stem show, but I've interviewed him on another show prior when I was working for another radio station. This is Carl Raw, who is also a parent. He's a senior consultant in the Orlando, Florida area uh, and a business coaching associate. And his goal is to help businesses strengthen the way they operate while maintaining a level of financial profile in an effort to increase their market share and improve their positions within their respective business communities. Welcome, Carl. Thank you for having me, and hello, everyone. 
Ah, wow, who else is there? I can't forget you, Miss Rhonda. Is it Sudat or... What's the last name, Miss Sudat? Miss Rhonda Sudat. This is another good friend of mine. I put in on the website, if you notice that I put Rhonda Scott Sudat, but she corrected me, it is Rhonda Sudat. She is a mother, a professional who works with the Department of Juvenile Justice in Florida. She's also in Orlando, Florida, and she has had many opportunities to intervene and provide services to juvenile delinquencies, but most of all today she comes in as a mother who has also raised children and has experienced how it is to parent it teenager. So welcome to all of you. And as you know, today I have invited you so that we can share with you how your experiences have been. So I have pulled out a poem that was written by a teenager. And what I would like to do is I'll call your name so that you can help me to you know, discuss what you think about what this teenager is saying about their parents. The teenager writes and says, let me be I'm now 16 and you think I'm out of control. How can I express to you I just want to be out more? I know I'm too young to know what love is, but I'm too young to know what my, but I'm not too young to know what my own feelings are. Yeah, I won't lie. We learn from our mistakes. We get what life gives you. Don't hesitate to tell me that. What will it take for you to see that I'm just trying to be 16? So chill out and let me be me. Now I'm in the age of feelings and raging hormones. Is that the reason why you try to keep me home? Then comes the dating world. Yeah, I see. But how come I can not have fun and be comfortable if you don't trust me? So right now, just for you, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. Let's start off right, and you trust me again. I'm still a virgin. I'm still innocent. Can we start over, and can you trust a 16-year-old? So my question to you is, from that poem alone, this is a, po- a, a teenager that is saying everything. I know it all. How come you don't allow me to be me? What your into your your take on this kind of you know poem or say that the teenagers reading reaching out to you as parents we start off with Paulette since you're at the beginning of the well just listening to the poem and having had a three teenagers that successfully completed their teenage lives uh-huh. if a child is reaching out to me in that manner stating that this is what they are, this is who they are at this point in their life, give them the opportunity. Of course, as a parent, I will give them that opportunity to be trustworthy, to be free to a limit, it has to be a limit, to do things that normal teenagers would do. But, of course, as a parent, I, too, have to make rules on what should be done, what can't be done, you know, given time frames, um, and also, because of my West Indian background, I also have to share on them what I expect. If this is what you're going to do, this is how I need you to represent the family. So, of course, I would definitely give them the freedom with some, you know, with some time frames and some, you know, understandings. Dr. Lowell Black, what do you think about that poem? Thank you, Paulette. Dr. Lowell Black? 
Yes, uh, good afternoon. My apologies for that. I was saying it's interesting that um, to hear the poem that, that you that you recited, because not too long ago my daughter was spending some time with me for spring break, and uh, the first thing she said when I picked her up from the airport is, Dad, we need to talk. I'm 16 years old now. <laughs> I said, okay, we need to talk about boys. That's What else we need to talk about? And she told me exact, pretty much what the what the, what the the author of the poem um, relayed yeah. through you through a recitation of the poem. Uh, I'm of the I'm the kind of person who strongly believes that everybody has their life to live, and my primary role as a parent is to guide, is to coach, is to mentor, to teach, but not to live my life through my my child. And I say that because oftentimes I feel. Parents want their children to do what they never did without asking the children what they want. If from the very early, from very from the offset, we start developing open communication with our kids, it will be easier when they become teenagers for us to continue sharing with them the experiences that we have had with the hope that our experiences will be used by them to guide them and teach them. Because what I did with my daughter, I simply said, what you need to focus on more than anything else is the goals that you have for yourself mm-hmm. and do everything you possibly can to ensure that you do not derail your goals, but the activities that you participate in will help you get to where you want to go and not hinder you from getting to where you want to go. But this is your life. And you are, I can help you if you ask me for help, but this is your life. I want you to live your life, not mine. Yeah. Mr. Dutt, what do you think about that poem? As I, I listen um, to the um, information that's being said, the first mm-hmm. thing that comes to mind is bring up a child in the way that he or she should go and mm-hmm. they will not flee from it. Yeah. At the same time, in spite of our values that we implement with our children and we listen to them, one of the most deepest things that can hinder your child is peer pressure. Yes. You can teach your child all you want inside the home. Yes. But once that child ex- exit your home and go out into the community, that's where the pressure comes on. It. So, therefore, I'm a strong believer as a parent, you must listen and yes. you must keep up with what's going on society because if not you will be left behind you you would definitely be left behind and just listen to that child because when you listen to that child you will understand a lot of where it's coming from some Mm. of it may be coming from new friends that they've met that they want to fit in on and some of it may be coming from things that they've heard that they're interested in and want to experience you know and then some of it is just growing up. So when you take time out to listen instead of, you know, hammering down on your rules, no, you're going to listen to me, you're going you're gonna to lose that child. Yeah. So it's best that you listen to them and ask questions and, um, okay, yeah. you're 16, okay, well, what, 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 what do you think should be happening? And know their friends. Please, get to know their friends and their surroundings because you will learn a lot. You will learn if your child if your child's a leader or a follower. And that implements a lot of what that child does 
in the community and what that child brings home. Mm. Interesting. And I'll go to you, Mr. Raw. What do you think about that poem that I read at the beginning from a 16-year-old? Well, one of the, one of the things I think that uh, we need to hold on to as parents is realizing that we are we are our children's life coach. And before we go and put them in the game of life, yes, we need to make sure that we have coached and trained um, some pretty basic principles with the, well, along the lines of, uh, of morals, decency, and just teaching them how to be a positively productive adult. Once we've instilled those coaches, we coach that into those children. Yes. Um, then we can send them into the game with all confidence, knowing that they're going to go out there and run the right plays or yes. or or execute properly, because we've give. The confidence has came from has come from what we've given them as parents, mm-hmm. um, and, and the listening portion is definitely. I mean, just like with any any um, any environment, you get feedback, and your kids are going to give you feedback when they idealize you as a role model. Um, they're going to say, "Hey, well, Dad, look, you know, I was over here, and such and such happened to me, and and I didn't know what to do about it." Okay, I'm the coach again. Okay. Um, Sweetheart, here's what you should have did, and, and, and this, this comes across in the future. Here's what you should do, you know. Um, but, you know, being, being a parent strictly yes. means being involved. Um, and if you're, if you're effectively involved in your child's life, then what happens is um, they have confidence in what you taught them, and you have confidence that they've... Um, taken to or you have instilled what you've taught into them and you have all the confidence in the world letting them go out and and become adults and develop a identity and a personality of their own. That is, you know what I really liked about what you said uh, for all of you is, you know, this last part, especially for the life coach, that we are life coaches. And it reminds me of that poem that most of you probably know about, the one that um, say children learn what they live, because it sounds like from all of you, it's, you know, living by example is going to be very important for the parents. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back for our second segment. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for real change in your life? Deep down inside you is a magnificent being just looking to break free. Tune in to Manifesting Abundance with Deborah Loran and Jim Del Vecchio. Most people need to make some minor adjustments in attitude and behavior to achieve alignment with their inner being. Jim and Deborah will help outline these changes and give you the steps you need to create some major improvements in your life. 
Listen for Manifesting Abundance Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmalatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. We are talking this week a parent to parent. We have four parents that are discussing how, what I would like to call it, how they survived parenting teens. Some of them still have teenagers that they are still raising, but uh, all of them do have children that have now grown up and passed that phase of teenagehood. My question to you, I guess, is what kind of relationship do you think a parent should have with their child? Because as you know, that's always a struggle. Do you want to be the friend? Do you want to be, you know, a parent? And what are the differences? Where do you keep the boundaries is where we'll start. And I think I'll go ahead and start with you, Carl, on, on that question. What do you, th- what kind of relationship should the parents have with their child? Well, first and foremost, we have to understand that as a parent, our primary job is to prepare um, our children for life. Um, and doing that, we have to maintain a, a leadership role and a role of example, a role of mentoring. And that being said, uh, trying to be a, a child's friend um, is probably not the route, right route to take. Um, being more of a, a, a coach, once again, is the definite role in relationship. Children, um, I found, need need stern guidance. And that being said, it also needs to be stern but fair. And the relationship bond um, nurtures itself into friendship um, as a child becomes an adult. At that Mm -hmm. point, uh, you prepare them for life, and they're adults out on their own. And then the friend... um, role can, can manifest itself more clearly without um, confusion to the child. Normally, um, children uh, idealize themselves as, as um, um, wanting to be, everything want to be super friendly or fun all the time. Well, life, mm-hmm. isn't, life isn't fun, yeah. and we don't show them that life will kick you around a bit mm-hmm. and it let them experience uh, getting knocked down. And teaching them how to get back up, um, a friend can't do that for you. Only, only a mentor, a leader, a parent, in, in every sense of the word. You can tell that you are a coach, a business coach, for you know per se. We talk leadership, mentoring, life coach. I like that, Mr. Dot. What do you think about uh, the kind of relationship that you should have with your child? I think uh, Mr. Carl um, pinpointed some good points. Mm-hmm. And in reference to uh, leadership and mentoring. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, however, one thing about raising um, children, there's no yes. magic to it. There's no magic to it because each individual child has their own personality. That's true. So, therefore, in you can raise your daughter one way and raise your son the other way, or you can have two daughters 
and raise them differently in reference to their personality. So I said that to say this is that um, you must be fair again, as he said. You must be fair and consistent, and I really believe in tough love. I really believe in tough love because kids love structure, even though they they rebel against it or yes. act as if they don't like it. But in the end, in the final analysis, they appreciate it. Yes. And when yes. you keep a kid structured, you keep them away from a whole lot of things that causes them to be defocused. Excellent. Yes, yes, yes. You know, great point. Dr. Lowell Black, the same question to you, the kind of relationship that you would suggest. I like what Carl said. However, I also like what, what your second. Rhonda. What's the name again? Rhonda or Miss Sudat. Rhonda. I also like what she said. I think in the end, the, 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 the outcome is what should drive the relationship. Yes. What is the outcome the parent would like? In other words, how would I like my son or daughter to develop into adulthood? Mm-hmm. And that should drive the relationship. Coming from the Caribbean, the last thing I would say is that I was raised with a mother who was a coach. Absolutely not. My mother, you do what you, my mother says, or you feel the wrath of my mother. That was how I was raised. <laughs> However, since, since, since I became an adult, I was determined not to do some of the things that my mother did. This is my son or daughter's life. Therefore, my role, as Carl said, is to coach and to guide and to mentor yes. and to be a teacher. And if we know and we play those roles as effectively as possible, a coach disciplines, a teacher also disciplines. So mm-hmm. herein lies the role of the parent to do everything he can and everything that she can to ensure that there's open communication because when the door closes on communication, all else fails. Mm-hmm. So a coach, mentor, teacher through those roles i think the parent will be able to develop the kind of relationship that will encourage that child to sh- to come to the parent first for suggestions for ideas and for a roadmap forward so what you're also saying is it, 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 there should be a sense of safety, that the, the child can be safe to come back to you as a parent and be able to share with you their concerns or ask questions as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you have to create that kind of environment where the child feels comfortable. If the child does not feel comfortable, you will be hearing what the child does after the fact, after it's yeah. much too late. But if there is open communication, the child feels comfortable. The yes. child knows that there is a line drawn in the sand that the child sees very clearly. In fact, um, Paulette probably can identify with that. My, our parents didn't have to speak to us. We just had to look at their faces and we got the message. Yes. So the child will be able to identify <laughs> when that parent is using what, which, the hat that it will better able, better help the, the child to get to where he wants to go without diminishing the value of the parent. Whether or not the parent plays the role of the coach, the child will ever re- will forever remember that the parent is the parent first and everything yes. else after. Wow. Ms. Randolph, same question to you. I have to agree with the panel um, and yes. going back to Dr. Lowblack. You know, yes. growing up in a West Indian household, yeah. you do as you were told to do. Um, and the look that your parents gave you, you identify with you need to leave the room. 
um, in raising my children, I'm, 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 my values were just as the same as my parents' values in, in raising my kids, but I had to retune because my kids are 20 and 21st century kids. Yes. So I had to yes. make sure that they know that, one, the door is always open. If you have any concerns, if you have any issues, come to me first or come go to your dad and, and ask him. Don't seek information from your friends because sometimes that information is incorrect. So my adult children now, they even to this day, they still come to me and ask questions. Um, so it's very important as parents that we have an open-door policy. And, you know, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to anything, we need to be honest and we need to be open with our kids, you know, because our parents, you know, growing up was afraid to talk about sex or talk yes. about, you know, relationships and other things because of how they were raised. But as new parents of the 21st century, you have to be open with these kids because you don't want them to find out information that's incorrect. And then you then have to go back and, you know, answer questions for them. So always have that open door policy and be honest with your children if they ask you a question. You know, if you're not secure with answering it, Find someone else that, you know, that you trust that will yes. answer that question to the best ability for your you child. Know, oh, sorry about that. All of you have given some really, really good, excellent answers. And I think what our audience need to also understand is we have two parents that are both from the Caribbean and then we have two parents that are from here in the United States. But am I right, Ms. Sudat and Carl, to say that probably most likely I could guess that your parents also had that look that you knew that this look, you had to get up, you had to do something or you had done something. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not only a Caribbean look. It's <laughs> an American look too. I, I think so because, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, I've seen parents in, in this country as well that have the same look and I look at them and I go, oh boy, that is that look. So I, I'm, I'm sure you all can relate to that. So having talked about, you know, having the parent being the leadership, the mentor and the disciplinarian at the same time, do you as parents feel the teenagers today are adequate uh, are adequately prepared to face the challenges because I know Mr. Carl you know mentioned that you know we prepare them for today's challenges we don't want to nurture them and make it you know as if the world there are no problems and they're not going to face any challenges do you think that the, today's teenagers are well prepared to face the world's challenges And whoever has the first answer, I'll. I, well, I, I, I'm just just looking at the, you know, life as a whole, and the being a lieutenant with the Department of Juvenile Justice. You yes. know, our kids today really, really, really have it rough. They yeah. really, really have it rough because you know back then, um, the village is what helped raise the family. Yes. Now yes. it's not like that. You touch my child if you want to, so to speak, you know? And is if you if a child got in trouble, the 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 grandmother, the grandfather, the uncle, auntie, that child would get it. But now it's it's different. Kids are raising kids. And it's sad and they have to be the provider and I'm just speaking on the flip side of the, the pressures and, and things that some of the kids 
have to go through. Yes. They really do have to raise their little brothers, little sisters, and the system, you know, as it is, being the way it is, it's rough. And then in going to school, you know, you're looking at how you dress, the peer pressure of if you don't have the nice $100 tennis shoes, this, this, that, and the other. You know, you kids go through a lot. Yeah. Back then, you didn't have to go through all of that. But now you do, and then you hear the kids say, but, Ma, you don't understand. Or you can't be in a certain um, territory or area, but, Ma, you don't understand. Yeah, right. And if you're not in that field of understanding, you really would not be able to understand because you say, well, son, you just mind your own business and go to school, and it's really not that easy. Yeah. Dr. Loblack, I I think I could hear your voice wanting to come in. I'm going to take a quick break. And I think it's because of how rough it is for the teenagers today that we're actually having real parents today coming to us and telling it like it is to share and help empower the parents today that are struggling with raising their teenagers. We will be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further, with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind and body and spirit you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance stress management and personal development the wellness lounge a step further airs mondays at 9 a.m eastern time 6 a.m pacific time on voice america empowerment what if you were willing to be controversial choosing kindness instead of judgment willing to stand out from the crowd being a leader in creating a new reality Even if others don't follow, you can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmalatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. Before we went on break, we were talking about the challenges that uh, today's teenagers are facing. My question to the panel was, do you think that today's teenager is well prepared to face the real world and the real challenges that are out there? So I'll start with you, Dr. Lil Black, with this question. 
just listening before the break, um, a thought just crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. How different are the challenges today from how they were yesterday? Our parents were young. Our parents had us in the 20s. Um, some of us, our parents didn't go to school. My mother had a fifth grade education. My mother, there was no one else in the house but my mother. My mother raised us on $40 a month. So how did she do it? I think we're passing on responsibility. If the, the parents of today are not doing the kinds of, kinds of job that they should be doing to prepare their kids for tomorrow, that's a sorry reflection on us who are their parents. So it's a question of for parents to accept responsibility. Forget the village. This is where we are. We are here today. Each parent needs to ask himself or herself, what is my responsibility? And what am I going to do to ensure that the child that I brought to this earth is prepared to face the challenges of tomorrow? In the days gone by, the churches used to be more directly involved in the raising of the kids. In the days gone by, the schools used to be more involved. What we have done, because we have become more individualistic, grandparents are too young, if you want to say that. So the grandparents feel that I raised you, I'm not going to raise your kid. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we have to accept responsibility and ask ourselves, what role and responsibility am I playing? And am I playing that role the way I'm supposed to play in that role? If we accept responsibility, then it will be easier for us to teach our kids the self-esteem and the self-confidence that they need because herein lies the problem. Yes, there is peer pressure. There was always peer pressure. My mother couldn't afford to buy me the best clothes to go to school. I was heckled. I was harassed like everybody else. Yet, my mother did everything possible to help me develop a great sense of self-esteem and self-confidence. Therefore, I minimized what was said to me by the bullies. There have always been bullies. So we need, as a society to do everything we possibly can to come back to the drawing board, get the church to stop paying so much attention to raising funds and on developing <laughs> the people whom, on whose shoulders they get wealthy. The schools, oh, Lord, have mercy. We need to do a better job with our schools. Mm-hmm. And here in Liza is education. Consequently, as a result of the lack of education, the parents are not there when the kids get home. An abdication of responsibility. Therefore, the kids are not being taught to believe in themselves and to understand that of all the people in the world, they are the only one who looks like them, talks like them, walks like them. Therefore, they're the rarest diamond that one could ever find. If mm. we can build our kids' self-esteem and self-confidence, a lot of the issues that we have, we won't have them. So that is what parents need to do. And if the parents are not able to do that, then those of us who are able to do that must be willing to chip in to help those parents be better prepared to prepare their kids. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. I, I, I take you, and I, I have a feeling, too, that, you know, Mr. Dutt and, and, and everybody might want an answer to that, but I'll go ahead to go to Mr. Carl Rowe to respond to the same question and possibly respond to what you said. Um, I agree with the doctor. Um, although we, we must earmark a tragic event in our evolution as parents. Yes. One is the fact that uh, because we've had younger parents become, younger kids becoming parents, um, you have a dysfunctional situation to start with. Yes. And the kids that they're raising don't have an a, a adequate example of how to be a parent. I learned how to be a parent from my parents. 
because of the mm-hmm. way I was raised. Yes. And, and that's how we all learn. But yes. when that when that scenario or that model is dysfunctional through one parent or poor parenting, then you create a situation of, of a genocidal a generational effect <laughs> on down. Now, the only way to kind of fix that is we gotta do a couple of drastic things here, which is which is it's very difficult to do because in most in the real world, most parents feel like because they were biologically able to have a kid that it that automatically equips them with to know how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Wrong mm-hmm. The second part of that is there are not many young parents or inexperienced inexperienced parents that are going to go out there and say, "Hey, I need help," or even if help is offered to them, they're not just going to show up. Because there's an embarrassment, there's a factor of embarrassment to them. I got a child and I don't know how to raise them. Well, we got to help them get past that environment such that professionals or, or great parents like the ones on this panel can share the knowledge that they have that yes. they did not get from a, from a functional family unit previously. So then you slow down that process and you begin to turn it around. Now, if we don't get that done, then what we're going to do is end up in a situation where I know you must have heard of being alone in a crowd. Yes. Uh, going back to the, the scenario that Rhonda said about the village raising the yes. kids. Yes. Right now I can tell you in most apartment complexes, in most neighborhoods, the families, the parents in those in those neighborhoods don't even get to know each other to nope. a point to where they create a village environment. You're right. And normally because they're working every day, they use that as an excuse for being in being having no communication with their neighbor. Well, guess what? If something happens at work and I can't get home and my child's riding the bus home, I should have known my neighbor well enough to call them and say, hey, can, can they come over and stay with you for a while until I get home? Yeah. And then you wouldn't have to go and seek these after-school programs that have nothing more than bad influence exposure to other kids that have to have a dysfunctional mindset as well. So yeah. we have got to do our best to try to get current parents to recognize that they need the help, and then the second step is trying to provide that help. I wanted to say amen to that. All of you have great points. Miss Randolph will go with the same question. Um, I, I, oh. I totally agree with uh, Carl and, and, and Dr. I'm sorry, um, the, and, and what the doctor said. Um, and I, I still go back to uh, it, it takes a village, and I totally agree in reference to uh, the church. Um, <laughs> if we could not put so much focus on the building funds <laughs> and really, really uh, bunker down in educating and teaching our kids, because if you look in churches, the church, if you have a church with a lot of kids, that's a good church. Yeah. Don't let anybody fool you because they are doing something right to have a good, strong youth group. That's a church that's growing. Now, in reference to where we are today, you have baby boomers. You have baby raising babies. And, you know, again, I totally agree. They need to take responsibility for their own action. But at the same time, look at the system as it, as it is there. You know, you have so many children. What you, what you get a check, you get food stamps. I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. We all need help in the start. But at the same time, 
you know, there should be a limit to get out there. And things are changing. I yes. really strongly believe Obama have set some things in place where those things are changing. You know, we need help, but at the same time, when we get the help, let's let's stand on our feet. Let's get it going. You know, right. so in those parents, you know, now you have a lot of grandparents that are raising the, the baby uh, boomers' children, and they're where? Out in the street partying or getting more kids. Yeah. And it goes Mr. right back to them taking responsibility for their own action. And then now when you're leaving your kid or, you know, we should be able to call and say, hey, can you pick up my child? But it's so scary now because you don't know who's who and what's what now. Yeah. Let me cut you off for one second because we're going to be taking another break. But before we do, I wanted to make sure that I give Ms. Randolph an opportunity to, uh, you know, also make a statement about that question, whether the kids are prepared or not. Ms. Randolph, I'll give you some time. As an educator, I, what I see in the schools at this time is our kids are not prepared. I, I work with generally students with disabilities, and they come to us um, at a at a disadvantage because, you know, with their lifestyle, they're mainly in the street. Parents are working two, three jobs, um, unable to connect with their kids. So, you know, the kids that I see at this time, there's a big disconnect. Going back to what um, Mr. Dot said and, and also um, Dr. Loblack, you know, we, we need that village mentality. I'm sorry, we do need to go back because a part of the village was the church. And, yes, yes. you know, the church yes. played a major role in my upbringing. Mm-hmm. And, and I know also with Mr. Dot's upbringing. And we need to get back to the church. And we need to, you know, have parents be a part of that church and, and come back and, and, you know, get that training that as my parents grew up in the church, get the training of bringing our kids to church and, and recognizing that, you know, socializing, having your kids socialize within the church and, and, and making friends and, you know, making that village stronger, making parents stronger because we need that whole village mentality because nothing was wrong with the village. The village wasn't at a, you know, dysfunction. The village was together, you know, and all of us know growing up, coming down, the, coming up, you got in trouble. The person at the beginning of the block knew it till the time you reached your building or your house. So we need to go back to that whole village concept to make this our community stronger and let, letting our kids know that we're there for them. You know, if I'm not there, the next-door neighbor will be there. If the next-door neighbor is not there, we'll go to the church. The pastor will be there. And just like Dr. Lowblack says, our youth in these after-school programs, we can't knock all of them because there's some great after-school programs that are there for our youth when parents are working two or three jobs. You know, so we really need to get back to the whole village concept because it did work. It was nothing wrong with it. We just strayed away from it as a community, as a village. Before we take a break, let me just commend the panel because the answers that you have given are unsurpassed. Great answers and great direction for the parents that are listening today and that will be listening in after the show is done because this will be available for your listening at www.voiceamerica.com for those of you that want to listen to all these points that these parents are sharing with us today. When we come back, it's going to be the last segment, so I'll ask the panel to prepare a one minute, you know, um, two minutes the most 
uh, statement or two that you would like to leave with the parents because when we come back, that will be the last segment. We will be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Who would you like to meet today? Every week, that question can be answered on Spark One with Audrey King Wissiger. Our guests are successful people from all walks of life who are willing to share the secrets to their success. Get ready to ask musicians, comedians, athletes, entrepreneurs, and artists everything you wanted to know about them, including their views on coaching style, sports psychology, parenting, food and wine, journalism, media, and much more. Spark One is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time well spent. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmolatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. Today, if you just joined us, I can safely say I had four experts with me on the panel today who are parents themselves, but as uh, they are also educators, they're business people, they're entrepreneurs. I would like to say thank you so much to Paulette Randolph, uh, who's from Orlando, Florida. Actually, all of them, the whole panel is from Florida, except Dr. Low Black is in Tampa, and the other three guests are from uh, Orlando, Florida. So we do have Paulette Randolph, Dr. John Law Black, Rhonda Sudat, and Carl Rowe, who have been guests on the show today discussing how they have survived parenting their teens. So if you have not heard the best of them, I am going to give them two minutes each or a minute each to just close off the show with some advice for you as parents. I'll start off with uh, Ms. Randolph. Yes. Um, my advice to parents, always be truthful to your teens, your preteens. You know, have an open-door policy. Uh, I guess coach. Be the coach that your child needs you to be. And I guess for me as a parent, open-door policy is something I have with my kids. You know, doing things with them, showing them that as you know, as you two were a child, these were things that were expected. These were things that were done. And, you know, you just want them to do the right thing and follow in the right direction. Um, as a West Indian parent, like Dr. Lowe Black, 
education. And I know American parents are like that too. Education is the <laughs> freedom ticket. All my stu- all my my kids, even my students at school, I call it the freedom ticket. That is the lifeline. That is your dream to dream big. Get your high school diploma. Get a college degree. With that, you can soar. You can write your ticket. Inspire your students. If you are not educated, go back to school. Inspire your child to be educated. Because in this world, if you don't have education, you don't have much. Excellent. So inspire yourself and inspire your children. Thank you. Great advice. Great advice. I'll go to you, Dr. Lowell Black. Wow. What can I add? Right? Uh, I can only say that... um, Get to know your children the best way you possibly can. Knowing, as some of the panelists said today, that each child is different, therefore the approach that you use for one child might not necessarily work as effectively with another child. But the, the, the most you can do for that child is to be there for them, not only when they, they're in bad times, but in good times also. Let them know that you appreciate their uniqueness. Teach them to value their uniqueness. Let them be conscious of the fact that of the 7 billion people who are alive today and all those who died before, never was there one created just like them. And no matter how hard mommy and daddy tried, they will never be able to duplicate them. There might be somebody who resembles them, but there will never be someone with the same inside like them. Teach them to love themselves because, after all, that's all they have. If there's one thing you can leave with your child as a legacy is that you love them, you appreciate them for who they were, and to let them know that you are always there for them. There's nothing better for a child to know that good, bad, or indifferent, I can go to mom, I can go to dad, and they will be willing to wrap their arms around me for who I am. That's Excellent. the advice I want to leave with all parents. Wow, powerful. Mr. Dax, I'll go with you. I want to say to the parents uh, that wisdom goes a long way. And mm. sometimes I'm, I'm speaking now to the baby boomers. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Surround yourself around individuals that are going higher, that are doing better things so you can also climb the ladder to do better things as well. Never, ever, ever give up on your children, no matter how dark the clouds may be, no matter how hard it rains, the sun will come up again. Yes, it does. Never, ever give up. Stick in there, hold on to that torch all the way to the end. And love them in spite of go to the, um, the the fundamentals of sitting down and having dinner together and talking. And as Ms. Randolph said, having that open door policy. Yes. Never, ever, ever give up. It will pay off in the end. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Rohr. I'll get back to you. Thank you. Um, I guess for the listeners that uh, on, I would... Uh, strongly urge everyone to embrace one main concept and that your children are your legacy. Hmm. And that being said, that is probably, well, I won't even say probably, that is the most valuable contribution 
that one can make to the world, and that is a child, the gift yes. of a child, a lot, another human being to whom they can teach um, and, 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 and groom in their own likeness. Recognizing that that is your legacy, um, a parent's pride um, tends to be displayed in their children. There's nothing stronger than, than the emotion of pride. And for one to be proud of the kid um, is something coming from uh, the training, the coaching, the mentoring, and knowing that you've done everything possible to prepare that child for life. You're right. You're right. You guys have been awesome. I think we should plan for a second, a part two to this parent to parent because I have learned a lot and I have written a lot. So we will be talking about bringing you back on the shore to do a second phase of this parent to parent advice. So I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today to come to the show. What I will leave all of you with are two poems. One, again, is from a teenager, Emily J. Taylor, who wrote about They Don't Understand. She says, I'm confused about life. It seems like no one understands me, especially my parents. They try to run my life, but they don't understand. My life is my own to run. They cannot run it. It seems we live in two different worlds at two different times. They should know that no matter how much they try to control my life, I will always rebel. I don't care about the punishment because they can't take that away from my, they can't take that, they can't take away my freedom, hope, dreams, and memories, and people I love. I wish they would understand they never had to go through the problems us teens are going through now. They would never understand back then there weren't so many problems us teens face now. They just simply don't understand us teens. For the parents out there that are listening in as well as my panel of parents, I want you to pay attention to two parts of this poem that I've just read. It says, I'm confused about life. And then the other part that I want you to meditate on, think about is the problems that us teens are going through now, you would never understand. Because like Ms. Sudat said, yes, there are numerous problems that I think will take us another segment for us to discuss and feel empathy for these teenagers so that we as parents, as adults in the community can understand and be able to empower, inspire and motivate these youth so that they can know that they too will get over their youth times and be successful in life. So in closing, there's a poem by Dorothy Law Note that I have always loved and I'm sure my panel have read it or you as an audience have heard about it before. It says, children learn what they live and that's by Dorothy Law Note. If children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If children live with hostility, they learn to fight. If children live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If children live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. If children learn with encouragement, they live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If children learn to live with tolerance, they learn to be patient. If they live with praise, they learn to appreciate.
if they la- live with approval, they learn to like themselves. If they live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and others. And lastly, she says, if children live with friendliness, they learn to live the world in a nice place which to live in. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for joining us. Join us again next week for the same show, Dr. Stem Show, when I bring you more motivating and inspirational people right in your neighborhood to inspire and motivate both you and your teenager. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Stem Show. Please join us next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 9 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another enlightening show. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.